Welcome to the Coach Cameron Podcast, episode 728. Pay to play, is that the problem? How can you survive in the game of pay to play? If you already have the finances and life is good and treating you well, you should still take ownership over your player's development or over your child's development at all costs because it's on you, not those that you pay because it's a culture thing. There's a reason there's a lot of great players in the world that did not grow up in pay to play or in some uh, glorified soccer club with a license, everything. It, it, it is a sham. And speaking of, of, of sham, not you, Megan. I always put on my show. I'm going to smash. Rapino always appearing on the podcast. Always she will get smashed. And she'll be smashed next week on episode 729 when we'll, we're going to have uh, a special guest, Dan Salas, the, um, the head coach from Corona del Sol. He, he coached there for years. And he'll be on the show talking about many things. And I think we'll be talking about AIA and all the wonderful um, uh, networking that the AIA does with trying to identify a great location to hold state championships because they really care about um, high school soccer. It's very important to them. We'll talk about that next week, so we're excited to have him on episode 729. And um, back to what we're talking about, which is pay-to-play. Is it a problem? How can you survive with it? And I'm going to give you guys some um, solutions as parents that are part of pay-to-play, which is okay. And just so we're all clear, I I have n- no issues with coaches making a lot of money for their time. I, I, I don't. I, I may have made fun of it in the past, uh, talking Thank about uh, those things. And um, it, 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 where I have the problem is the organization that, uh, from the U.S. soccer side, the highest level, how they identify players. Uh, clubs should be able to do what they want to do. They want to. They want to uh, dictate. You know how they want to pay their their players, and they want to compete uh, how they want to compete. That's fine. Uh, U.S. Soccer needs to take the the millions upon millions of dollars they've had in front of them, and we'll have more millions upon millions of dollars allocated to them. Is what are they going to do with that funds? with those funds to be able to elevate the next generation of players. We're not doing it. it we're, we're sold on um, the pay-to-play model. It's like whatever the clubs do, the pay-to-play model, the ones that are affiliated with U.S. soccer, whatever um, academies are identified as academies, um, they're the only ones really getting looks. We're, we're not going after the, the best players. Um we're not. We're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. And now I'm going to give you parents um, a solution of how you can actively be part of your son or daughter's development because it, it, you're part of the process. Whether you know soccer or not, I'm going to give you some um, uh, some thoughts on uh, how you can talk to your child and how you can develop them with simple math, which I've talked about a lot. And I just did a uh, presentation uh, with State 48 about it and um i'm gonna bring it up again because they they were like they they were uh really excited about what they were hearing i i I didn't think it was that um 
earth-shattering of news, but um, it's important to share as much as we can to be able to communicate a message that will help our communities, in particular our soccer communities. But today's story is pay-to-play, the problem with U.S. soccer. This this is April 8, 2022. I probably read it before, but we're going to read it again because I like it. Soccer in our country has never reached its full potential and may never be able to. A country that pays great attention to athletics and excels in major sporting events has failed to deliver on numerous occasions in the world's biggest stage. Let's get straight to the point. Soccer in the U.S. has always been about money. If you're not willing to contribute thousands of dollars every year, the chances of succeeding are very low. Youth teams around the nation have solely focused on things, um, on, on basically profit. Now, it, it is true. You have to, in, in this country, the, the way U.S. soccer and, and how everyone's fall, falling in line with who the best players are, um, they're not, for the most part, aren't willing to put in time to really find those players that are not part of uh, the academy because there's, t- there's thousands of kids that are extremely high level, much better than 80-90% of what we have in the academies uh, aren't getting looked at. Example, I was at the Denver um, ID camp, and they segregate. They put the academy kids to one side, and they put the non-academies kids to, to another. And there's no, like, kind of mixing around. It's crazy. Uh, the, it, when you segregate like that, you're, you're, you're denying opportunity. And the other thing is it's mixed talent. What they should do is put the top kids to one side. No problem with that. But you're telling me all those academy kids are legit and there's none over there? If they're high level, just move the high level players to one side and move the other. But it's not, it's not about that. It's about cash in, cash out. Because you can't really see talent uh, out there. I mean, it's just, there's like 400 kids in that. It's a huge camp. Uh, unless the coaches have previous info on them, it, it's hard to identify. But but you have to pay to be part of the elite status uh, in this country. But whatever. Back on to the article. Local youth teams such as Beth Esta soccer club or Potomac soccer associations uh, follow the same profit system. According to the Beth Esta SE website, the average fee per player per year is $2,500 at their club. Bear in mind that this does not include your uh, other costs, such as equipment, uh, flight tickets, hotel costs, etc. Considering this, a kid just entering elementary school is charged with uh, around $2,500 a year for practice sessions and game games, which that child may not even be enjoying. These teams even charge a large amount of fees for teams playing less competitive levels. Players of young age groups, such as under sevens or under nines, are also being charged a similar amount on more competitive teams, but aren't provided with the same level of perks or features such as high-quality coaching, scouts, etc. as I explained about the uh, ID camps that are going on. Everyone's segregated. Scouts in soccer only attend the highest level tournaments, which means their parents here have to pay more for their uh, child to be noticed. And are you in that situation as well? I had I had to take Jack to Surf Cup. Uh, me and my wife, Jack, Jet, we all went to Surf Cup. And the cost of that trip's around 1500 bucks. That's insanity. 
to go play on uh, craft fields at the polo grounds in San Diego. It, it wasn't even soccer. And I talked to a lot of the university coaches over there and they're like, this is a waste of our time. It was, but everyone paid for it. That's awesome. And that's where we're at. We're, we're, it just, you have to pay to go be seen over there. And we have video and live streaming and all these capabilities and you have to go there to be seen. Oh, you got to play in the right competition. Side story. So there's this girl that um, was on my son's team, Jack, when we we're like UH, she was like five at the time. And she actively became a starter playing up three years and on a boys team. And she's played with boys team, uh, boys teams her whole life. She is an extremely high level athlete. So, so athletic, so technically gifted. She's already had national team trials. So she, she went to Utah, saw a national team staff there. They sent her to Florida. She got a look over there and the coach, the, the national team staff, kid you not said, um, before we truly can make a decision on you, you need to go play for EA, I think it is. So basically tell them, get out of the club that you're in now. You have to play against more difficult competition. And her team's already played EA teams. Uh, she had a hat trick against an EA team, but it wasn't good enough. Um, they're saying, no, you need to be affiliated with an EA team. So now they're, you know, they had to bring that up to the coach and, and uh, about, you know, potentially transferring because they're not going to go look at the national team because they'd be part of EA, which is more expensive and all that, which is just insanity. They're like, well, you need high-level competition each weekend. Okay, how about she just played boys? No, no, got to be, be EA Academy. What is going on? It's, 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 a, it's a whole networking group. You have to be part of this group to be able to... Um, Elevate because it's a social status, is it not? It's not about being good enough. It's about you have to be, uh, you have to be part of a group. It's not. It's not about talent. You got to be part of a special situation. And the other thing is, she's she's gifted. Imagine if she wasn't in a home where she had a mother and father who could financially elevate her and give her those opportunities. Imagine if she was an inner city girl where her parents don't have that much money. Or is that not a problem? That's pay to play right there. That's the disgusting part of U.S. soccer. And those are facts, crazy facts. And it's a problem. And it needs to stop. It's an, it needs to stop. How many young girls, how many uh, young young boys don't have opportunity because they don't have a mom and dad that are financially able to elevate their child and put them on certain situations to be seen because the national team staff saying that. That's, that, that is disgusting. It makes me want to, you know, just, it's, it's not a good situation that we're in. And they, they should be put on charges and fired. It's not about identifying talent anymore. How dare you? It, it's just, it's gone crazy. But back to the article. Compare the soccer setup in the U.S. to Denmark. Both countries are very similar in terms of per capita GDP. But when it comes to youth soccer setup, Denmark is much better. 
They have an intent to actually develop good players. The pro clubs in Denmark offer scholarships and education to play with great talent and develop them until graduation from secondary school. This has been proven to be a great system as Denmark made it to the semifinals of men's UEFA Europe 2020 competition. Not bad for a nation that has smaller population than Maryland. And though that that's facts uh, right there. You know, we could change our identity uh, in this country as far as uh, producing top talent in the world. We, we produce a handful, and a lot of them it's because their families got them out of this country and sent them to Europe to, to be developed. We could develop them here. We have the talent. We have so much talent, but no one's willing to go into the inner cities where it costs money to even coach these kids and develop those academies, uh, develop those teams. It costs a lot of money because they, they don't have the money or the means to do it, nor would they want to spend money on the cheapest sport in the world. It, it's borderline ridiculous. Me, where I have some means, I'm struggling with it, having my child play soccer. It's expensive. It's expensive. And, and I had a coach. He, he was talking about my son, who, by the way, um, Jack got a player of the year uh, or MVP for his team, had a great season, developed, great time, plays for Excel Soccer Academy, and um, he's been develop, being developed properly. I'm not a fan of all the costs and stuff that are coming with it, but I was approached by a coach saying, hey, Jack's a really talented player. Uh, how come you don't um, uh, put, put him on a different uh, club that's going to show his uh, identity and get him more looks with universities and stuff? And I'm like, hell no. No way. I'm like, why would I do I'm barely, I can afford this club, which is pretty cheap. And, and to move on to another club because they're going to get more looks and stuff. Yeah, it's going to cost a little bit more, but why don't you do that for your son, Jack? So we can get more looks. I'm like, one, I'm fine with Jack playing at Phoenix College because it'll be free. And Phoenix College is no joke. We play proper soccer. Speaking of which, I think I have a video. I'm, I'm going to, I should have, I'll have this video. Oh, I'm going to pull it up one second. Oh, it's right here. Let me see if I can pull this on the screen. This is, this is PC playing, um, this is Phoenix College playing MLS Next Rising. And let's see if I can get this to uh, fit the screen. Sorry, guys. I got to unzoom this. And I'll get this whole screen. Let's. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. There we go. Let's play this. All right. All right. PC is in the blue. MLS next. Rising um, is in the red. They're U19. And that's us. That's our goalkeeper, by the way. We're going to have a keeper in. That's our six. Keeping possession against you know, the rising who's paying a lot of money to be there. So you're about to witness 22 passes to a goal, keeping possession, inviting pressure to come towards us. And we just bait them to, 
to give us better numbers into the attack. So this is a school I want my son going to. Now, we would do this to any academy in Arizona, which we have. And the, the way it should be. I don't know many junior colleges can play a system like this, if any. But the calm, the, the intelligence in our spacing, half spaces, our 7-Eleven are high and wide, uh, making it very difficult for them. The ball movement is very, very good. Now look at this. Up, back, goal. So that that's, that's a high-level team. I don't mind my son playing for that. But, you know, like, fortunately for Phoenix College, we have an excellent coaching staff, and we, we have the top players. And typically I get it at Phoenix College are the top athletes that didn't get opportunity because of the pay-to-play system weren't able to elevate those kids on because it, not only are you paying for a club, thousands upon thousands of dollars so you can get a place on some university where you're going to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars and go in extreme debt so you can post on Instagram, look, my kid went D1, which is crazy. You know, And that's what I told him. I'm like, so I want to pay more to go to a club to be seen to get, a, you know, some D1 offers where we're going to be paying for school anyways when I go two years at Phoenix College and get a full ride and then get full rides offer uh, after that. Because at the two-year system, because we, we play, you know, we're able to showcase that these kids get and play at the next level because we will play D1 schools and professional teams. And if you can do it here, guess what? They offer you full rides at the next level. Not at a high school for the most part, not saying that's always the case, but that is the situation with a lot of Phoenix College athletes. As long as you go to school, uh, pass your classes, compete and start on the field here at Phoenix College, you're going to get those opportunities of free school for four years. I played at Phoenix College. I got a full ride to Loyal Marymount University because I proved myself here. And that's what's great about it. Anyways, back to the article. And I got my daughter calling me. Sorry, I got to zoom in. I am I'm on my own here. And I can't get it to zoom in. But we, we don't, you don't need to see the article. I can just read it from here. But uh, it goes on to uh, talk about these high, high prices result in low attendance records with MLS teams. Uh, Houston Dynamo averaging 11,000 fans per game in a stadium whose capacity is 22,000. Even LA Galaxy, the most successful team in MLS, averages 23,000 tickets per game when the stadium capacity is 12, uh, 27,000. League director, directors, professional clubs, and USSF need to understand that any successful soccer nation tries to make soccer as accessible as possible to the common man. Although the pay-to-play system is, in soccer in the U.S. is very much prevalent, the nation has several star players, the most notable being Christian Pulisic, Rose Lavelle, Zach Steffen, and to Tobin Heath. They've all come from youth clubs in the U.S. and represent major clubs overseas. 
and have several accolades to their name with both Heath and Lavelle winning the 2019 Women's World Cup with the men's national team having qualified for the 2022 uh, World Cup in guitar. Congrats. A lot still needs to be done, and I'm enough of this article. But the article has some good points um, trying to um, showcase where we're at. Now, um, I, I, want, I want to show you guys um, how, before we get, I get sidetracked again, um, I want to show you guys how you can use simple soccer math to help your child develop um, in the game by just identifying numbers. So I think we'll go to the, I'm going to go to the screen. Now this is a YouTube video. My daughter keeps blowing up my phone while I'm trying to stream here. All right. So in, this is a YouTube video and I'll, uh, trying to make sense of it. So if you could see, I, I would record um, the game score, if they won or lost, how many goals, assists, time on the field, touches, and um, how many successful uh, passes, how many successful failures. Uh, I would also put um, total touches, back passes that were successful and failed. Then I would uh, do add the totals, create averages, and then I would do takeaways, takeaway sis. Um, and then I kept adding things like dive-ins and uh, a, a lot of other things. But I, I can give you this. Um, if you email me, I'll send you YouTube link if you can't find it. But you can just search on YouTube, Coach Cameron Soccer Math, and it'll come up. And I have demonstrations, which I'll show you in a second. But if, if you want, if your child, say, isn't defending well, and you can identify how they're defending by recording it. How many takeaways do they have? How many, how many uh, pressure situations do they ca cause where they cause the loss of possession from their pressure? And I call those takeaway assists. You add that, and then you talk to your child after the game. And say, hey, you had, um, you had three takeaways and one takeaway assist. And then you... Then you uh, keep stats on one of the top players that defend well and say, Hey, Johnny, who plays similar position as you had 12 takeaways and seven takeaway assists. You need, you, it shows that you're not defending well and you let him know that. And, and it changes. I did that with my son and his takeaways went through the rough. He, he went from no takeaways to like nine, 10 a game you know, with five, six takeaway assists. And then I would, I, I would give them reports before game. Hey, here's your, your stats. Look over your stats. So it shows how important it is that, you know, you can identify how many times does your child pass the ball forward versus backwards. The top players in the world pass the ball forward versus always backwards. You know, it, it, you know total touches and all that stuff. If you, if you recognize every opportunity on the ball and just give them the math and compare them with another player on the team that is a, a player that you want your child to um, level up to or surpass and then go on to another player, uh, you can do it through math. If, if you talk to your child like that, it's different. So I, I have a video. Let me pull up this video of um, how I do the stats.
Sorry, I got um. Should have thought this out a little clearer, but I only went do one take. All right, so here it is. All right. So this is Jack playing a 6v6 tournament. And so every time he touches the ball, I would record, you know, how many touches he had, how many passes, how many takeaways, shots, giveaways. And I, I would just, this was this is a simplistic form. And I just got more crazier with it, adding more categories as I wanted to. But you can do it however you want. You can simplify, you know. And you can also use this math to be able to really showcase or build, have the ability to talk to your coach and be like, hey, uh, my son is only playing this, these many games uh, or playing, say, average of 22 minutes a game. Is there any way you can get that up to be 30, you know, so you get more touches? And you can see if your child's getting any better. And they might not be getting better, but it's something to definitely uh, unlock your brain a little bit and give you a chance to identify different ways of doing it. So anyways, <clears throat> I hope that helps. But um, if you just go on YouTube and just search soccer, uh, Coach Cameron Soccer Math, all these videos come up and, and have great, um, great information that will help you be able to communicate to your son or, or, or daughter um, through math. Whether you play soccer or not, it re really doesn't matter. Uh, math can solve all. But um, I'm going to call this podcast done. I got a lot to do today and um, very excited about next week. Uh, we'll be back live 8 p.m. Mount Standard Time with Dan Salas, good coach, longtime coach in Arizona. Had a lot of success, produced a lot of uh, great players. I love, I'm very excited about talking to him. And we'll be back next Sunday, 8 p.m. Mount Standard Time. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, or and Spotify now, or wherever else podcasts are found. Uh, please like and subscribe to this podcast, and we'll see you next Sunday. Peace out.